Welcome to Tranos and the Lived Experience, a podcast confronting current events, politics, comedy, and calamity, all from the perspective of a trans titaness. She's a verbal black belt, skilled in the art of roasting, the hellmouth, doomsayer, CEO of the Amazon position. Here's your host, Kim Ellen Jarrett. This is Tranos and the lived experience. I am your host, Tranos, and this is the show um, that will stand outside a mayor's home until some shit gets done right around this bitch. Um, I was going to say something further, but I don't want to be accused of making threats on the air. But dead ass, I, I will stand out in front of your shit until you get this right. Um, I'm, the city's on fire right now. Like, not technically on fire. It's fucking... A lot of dumb shits going on in Rochester, New York. That's where the show is being shot. That's where we're from. Um, once again, I am Cameron Ellen Jarrell, also known as Tranos, and with me is say your names. Tracy Collins. This is Andrew. You already know what the fuck it is. We family up in here. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Um, March twenty third, twenty twenty. A man named Daniel Prude was under mental duress. There are videos floating around the internet of him stripping down in the cold of, of March in Rochester. It's cold in Rochester during March. It was snowing that night. Um, there's footage on Facebook from a young man's Facebook Live whose name I will not say because I do not donate to clout chasers. Um, he was videotaping Mr. Prude. He was under mental duress for sure. Um, he was stripping, running around naked in the streets around the Jefferson Avenue area. Um, there's five minutes of that video. And then we found out, what, at the beginning of the week? Yeah, right around the first. Right around the first of the month, uh, Mr. Prude's family stepped out of obscurity and into Rochesterian history by letting us know that Mr. Prude was indeed uh, murdered. I'm going to say murdered. uh, Was murdered in police uh, presence by police officers during a wellness check. And um, here it is. We're in um, August. No, September now. Is this is this August? What is this? September. September fifth. Oh, so roughly five, six days ago, we found out that uh, Mr. Prude uh, was murdered, and that it was kind of like swept under a rug by the mayor of our city, Mayor Lovely Warren, and the police chief. What's his last name? Singletary. Uh, chief Singletary. Fuck twelve. Um, <clears throat> and now there is this whole public debate on whether um, a person having drugs in their system warrants murder. Let's talk about it. Well, the idea that possession by ingestion isn't illegal, like, anywhere, and that takes that one off the table, basically, you know, right, like, immediately. You can't, you can't be, you can't possess drugs because they're in you. Yeah. So, you're not technically breaking any goddamn laws because you have anything in you be it pcp be it marijuana be it fucking uh methamphetamines or any of that other shit just because it's in your system doesn't mean you are quote unquote under possession of it so that's not against the law not to mention that his brother called for a mental health wellness check not to report he'd done drugs not for anything else except for this dude needed professional assistance 
Right. Like, uh, they didn't know he had PCP until they got the drug report back from his autopsy. Which was after about, what, six months? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And it was uh, trace amounts of P- uh, PCP, to be totally honest with you. Now, let's talk about a wellness check. What happens during a wellness check? I am, in my spare time of not being a cool-ass podcast host, um, I am um, a medical health professional. I'm what they call the direct support um, specialist or intervention specialist. And what I primarily do on a daily basis is quell uh, mental disturbances in individuals who are at time suffering from crisis. And in uh, my accumulated time of almost 10 years of doing that, I have never once killed a person. Um, During a mental health check, what is required is uh, understanding that there is a mental disturbance happening, some type of crisis that um, the person can't really uh, figure out their needs at that moment. So in that moment, they are under duress, they're in crisis. And my training has never stated that it needed to be met with violence. Um, When you watch the video, which is all over, it's it's all over everywhere now. Um, There's a lot of things that come into question for me as a medical professional um, and a lot of things right off the bat, I just saw red flags. Like what? Like what were you guys feeling when you saw the video? I couldn't bring myself to watch it. I can't watch these videos. But I read it. What I watched of the videos was a bunch of people who like to overexert themselves at their job because it's easier than taking the the whole route you should be taking. I.e., you know, obviously this person is under duress, so the spit bag and, and, and all those kinds of things, even if they do come into, you know, part of your your actions at that point, I think once you got to the, to the idea that you felt like you needed to basically do a push-up off the side of my man's head, you went too far. It's 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 not hard to hard to say. Oh well, you know. Oh well, at the time that that type of hold on a criminal isn't isn't against the rules, isn't against isn't or wasn't against the law in the state of New York. Against the law or not, seems like it's ex- excessive to me, because someone whose head you have in a bag already, and you're pressing both of your hands on the side of their head onto pavement with most of your body weight, if not your full body weight, seems like more than anybody needed to do to, to subdue a criminal, let alone someone who wasn't committing any crimes, who was supposed to have just gotten a, an, a, a wellness check, like you said before. Right, like during a wellness check. So here's what happened when the police officer showed up. The police were told, we can assume, the police were told that it was a mental health hygiene alert and a, they were sent for a wellness check. They showed up to a wellness check on Jefferson, the corner of Jefferson, and I think it was, um, I can't remember the name of that street, they renamed it, but it was like the corner of Jefferson Avenue, and this man was uh, under complete mental duress. He had by this time stripped completely naked, uh, which took um, a few minutes. He was also agitated uh, by the gentleman who was doing the Facebook Live. This gentleman circled the block several times, you could hear Mr. Prude saying that he needed help and that he was being incoherent. And he was in um, several different states of undress while this was happening. So when the police showed up, um, Mr. Prude was indeed naked. It was below 30 degrees that night. It was about 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, 
they asked him to be seated on the ground. It took him a couple instances to get him there. Once he got to the ground, he was um, then kind of kicked in the back, pushed uh, to his um, over to his stomach. He was immediately handcuffed while screaming for help. Um, one of the officers placed a knee in his lower back. The other, other officer was doing what I can only call a push-up plank from the base of his neck and like the top of his head while turning his head to his shoulders. I can't remember exactly which side he was turning it to, but um, as a professional who's had to do crisis interventions that have gotten physical, there are laws that I have to abide by when it comes to restrictive restraint. And those laws are put into place to protect people from loss of life, injury, things that matter. Um, but just being a health professional and watching this video, the, the red flags for me was the amount of restraint being used for a handcuffed man. Um, they also put a spit guard on him while this was happening. Um, now, once again, it's below 32 degrees. Um, he is naked. Uh, he is on the pavement. We put a spit guard on him, but not a blanket. Right. We didn't... We didn't have a conversation with him. We didn't ask what was going on. We didn't do anything therapeutic. Wellness checks are supposed to be approached with a therapeutic approach. So not to escalate things to violence. This uh, video shows that it immediately went to violence. And that a wellness check, a person who was under duress, was dehumanized and treated like a criminal almost immediately. And we're still in 2020 having debates over whether this kind of thing is procedural. If it's procedural to treat a human being in under mental drug duress, whatever you want to call it, with that kind of physicality, then there's something wrong with the system. Because I don't I'm not allowed to use that kind of force, let alone language and attitude in my job. And I have to deal with interventions and mental crisis on a daily basis. Police officers do not have to deal with this level of mental instability on a daily basis. For some reason, they are given more leeway and they are allowed uh, to dispatch violence and things that don't necessarily need violence. It's always violence for them. And there's this huge argument in Rochester right now where it has become a political thing. And I want to make sure that everybody knows that what we're talking about in this podcast is not about politics. It is about humanity. It is about dignity and humanity. No one should die during a mental wellness check. Because not only did they not offer this man compassion of any sort, they had jokes on his expense. They had jokes while he laid there naked, talking about putting a thermometer in his asshole. And this includes the EMTs who showed up. No one stepped up. No one stopped it. No one <laughs> pointed out that no one even asked him how the hell he was. Just no compassion. No it, humanity. It was a failure of the system all the way through. Now, it's reported that... um. Mr. Um, Mr. Prue was taken to Strong Hospital the night before the incident, and he was released. And um, that is, I mean, that's a travesty, first off. Um, it's been happening a lot lately. Um, you'll hear people state that um, with all the budget cuts and things like that and hospitals closing around here, um, there is really no place for um, mental stability of people with um, disabilities or things like that to actually receive care that's uh, dignity, uh, dignifying and comparable. Um, they'll give you something, send you home. Um, there's really no asylum situations anymore. Um, mental health facilities are over overcrowded and understaffed. So what they're stating is that Mr. Prude was admitted to Strong Hospital 
and the family spoke to physicians about what was going on. He was um, released that day. Like, he was released that day. He was showing the same symptoms, kind of same signs. Um, people are saying that he died from drug use, but let's be real. Um, the autopsy report says asphyxiation. Let's stop talking about PCP coming into play. Latent trace amounts of PCP do not cause uh, a, a breathing duress. They don't stop people from breathing. Uh, what does is an asphyxiation of, of the diaphragm and the lungs and the closing of the larynx, which can be seen on a video. So what the fuck are we debating, Rochester? We're justifying the murder of a person but due to our own political views. And that's fucking the lack of humanity and dignity that I'm talking about. No one in this city should be comfortable with calling police officers for help and then dying from it. Like, no one should be comfortable with that. It's not a political thing. And for all these Blue Lives Matter motherfuckers and all this other shit, the uproar is that they're justifying this and that the mayor um, helped kind of sweep this under the rug a little bit and the chief of, of the police was aware that this happened and they were both able to get on camera during COVID and state that we're better than other cities because murders and, and, and racial profiling and those things don't happen in Rochester. That is a flat out, blatant lie as a 40 year old person who has lived most of her life in Rochester, New York. I have myself seen it with my own eyes. Um, we're not reporting something that's myth mythological anymore. There's no way for people to dispute it, but somehow they're finding a way. And because of the outcry of the city citizens being like, why weren't we made aware of this? And how is this happening in our city? Protest protests are breaking out everywhere. I've been to a couple of them, um, and for the most part, they are very peaceful. Uh, but what we're seeing now is now we're being governed over a person who would hide a murder from us. And now they're taking away our First Amendment rights, our right to assemble, our right to protest is being like questioned and, and, and challenged in Rochester by the police officers and right wing racists. And the emphasis is that they want to say that this is not about race but their racism is showing. Do yourself a favor when you get a chance and just <laughs> type <clears throat> type in Daniel Prude and then read the comments and then tell me how many black people are using racial slurs against white people while this is happening. And then tell me how many white people you see justifying the murder of a man who happened to be black um, and then outright showing racism afterwards. Just do me a favor and, and, and if you can not be triggered, uh, go ahead and check that out. Um, anybody want to expound on how they feel about what's been going on in social media regarding this? Too much hate. Just too much hate. It's a disgusting feeling knowing this is your hometown, I think, to start with. And then to watch people who you care about show their colors show their true faces it's heartbreaking on too many levels <laughs> to see people not give a shit about another human being too worried about their own opinions and too worried about politicizing that opinion too worried about 
if if you say something against what these cops did and how that makes you feel about cops that makes you a certain kind of person so if you say well fuck these goddamn cops they clearly did something wrong they clearly tried to sweep it under the fucking rug they clearly tried to make it a non-issue and now that it's been pointed out that it's an issue if i'm speaking out against the cops well all of a sudden i'm some socialist fucking marxist asshole who wants to burn the whole fucking country down it's like no i just i'm sick and tired of seeing people being fucking randomly murdered during fucking, you know, uh, side of the road fucking stops or fucking mental health checks. Like, it was a mental health check. Not an arrest. Not a fucking... You're not supposed to be there to be slapping cuffs on a motherfucker and all these other things. You're trying to figure out what the situation is and what the best possible end outcome is. Not just, oh, clearly this this person needs to be slapped into fucking cuffs. And as soon as you go against any of that, everybody's just down your fucking neck about, well, well, I guess you just fucking hate the cops then. I guess you just fucking, you know, fuck the police. It's like, well, yes, in this particular instance, yes, fuck the goddamn police. They did this. I didn't do this. Fucking the people on my goddamn street, the people in my fucking neighborhood didn't do this shit. There ain't no video of of random assholes fucking doing handstands on a motherfucker's head in the middle of the road. There is some video of some cops doing that shit, though. Right. And there is videos of Blue Lives Matter folk driving their car into people crossing the street. Blast them in the face with mace that's super illegal or whatever it was. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, bear mace. Um, I live um, downtown Rochester. Um, I live about two blocks away from the last uh, gathering. They want to call it a riot, but there was no rioting going on. There were protesters at the corner of East Avenue and Alexander um, we're just kind of like gathering and just kind of like having conversations. And a lot of us were gathering in the street and it, it's a protest. It's the safety. It's the safest route that we were on. Um, two cars then pulled up. One was like a silverish color. And the other one was burgundy. And I saw them from about a mile and a half out. And I kept telling like people kind of move over this way, move over this way. And as they were pulling up, like the windows on the one side of the car went down. And when the windows went down, a huge can came out. Like a guy, like, he pretty much, like, to use this thing, you had to let go of the wheel. Because both his hands were out the window. Um, it was bear mace, which is not legal for us to have. Bear mace is not something that they sell to uh, citizens. It's a huge can, shoots a huge spray of this, like, yellowish, like, macy mustard gash. And, like, um... The guy sprays it, the first car, the silver car sprays it and takes off. Gets through somehow. Like and then the second one, like the second car pulls up, the guy's not as smooth with what he was doing, sticks his hands out the windows, begins to spray while accelerating and hits someone, then pulls the can back in and immediately takes off up East Avenue, going away from the city. Um there's video of this uh well one of the gentlemen in the silver car being pulled over by the police and the police did not arrest this man. Uh, he committed assault um, with a deadly weapon on a group of people and white police officers allow him to slide. We are once again catching white police officers um, doing dirt in this city and we have video footage of it and Mayor Lovely Warren's quiet. After trying to protect her ass two days ago with these press conferences, she held a press conference where they were just finally suspending someone and... Um, then the contradictory nature of our government here in Rochester, of uh, the spokesperson for the police union 
condemned her suspending the people and said that the tape of the murder was edited. To which I ask, which part was edited? The part with the man laying naked in the streets in Rochester in the middle of March with snow falling around him? Or was it the part where, like, he was begging for help and nobody talked to him? Was it the part that we don't really figure out which what kind of duress he's under, what kind of help he's, he needs. Is it the part where he wasn't given a blanket? Was it the part where they put his knees in his back? Um, what about the part where they were talking about like sticking a thermometer in his ass? What about that part? Um, them laughing and giggling, stating that a man who was being choked was spitting. So what part was edited? What did we see? Because if we're going to justify the murder by saying he was on drugs, um, my answer to that as a health professional is, so what? Right. Isn't he still entitled to help? Right. Did he have a weapon? No. Did he harm any officers? Nope. What, why is he dead? Oh, because he's on drugs, that's it? Because he's incoherent and he's on drugs and he may not comply with logical things that you can ask a person that's not under mental duress. Right. Oh. Well, what's a wellness check then? Is it just like we, if it's a black person, we get to beat them to death? Apparently. Right. At best, when cops show up to a wellness check, they're supposed to secure the scene and make sure no one is under threat of harm and hold it until real professionals show up. Sometimes that's the EMT... Rarely it's mobile crisis because they can't move <laughs> any kind of fast. But they're never, never the professional. I don't think a professional and people are like, oh, good luck calling, um, calling a health professional in these situations. But I'll tell you this. You should thank health professionals of, of every walk of life when it comes to mental health because that's exactly what we do mm-hmm. all day. And if we had a $99 million budget, we'd probably show up real quick, too. Right. The fact that we get paid uh, sometimes a minimum wage and and up uh, to do the job that the police couldn't do that night. And we are under more restrictions. There's this thing called the Justice Center. The Justice Center was started by the Cuomos um, when um, people found out about Willowbrook. If you don't know what Willowbrook is, do yourself a favor and look up the Willowbrook Asylum and Geraldo Herrera. Rivera, uh, he did a report that kind of like cracked the scene open for the way that people with intellectual and physical disabilities were being treated in the early 80s, and it kind of like set up the rules that we have now regarding how individuals with disabilities and um, intellectual stunts are taken care of now. There's a whole thing about it, and the Justice Center governs over that, and what they do is they look over restrictions, and they look over neglect and things of that matter. We have a whole oversight board that looks at us and can blacklist us for not breaking the rules and also file criminal charges against us on top of us losing our jobs. And this thing stemmed from leaving ratios to physically restraining people. Look, we're going to pay attention to physically restraining people. There are several skipped training um, techniques that I have to learn and be refreshed on on a, on a yearly basis. Sometimes, depending on um, the, the agency, it is a, a monthly to every six-month basis where you have to go through skip training. You have to understand what it is. You have to understand when it can be used to a T. You are tested on how you do it. Um, you are tested on why you do it. All those things. 
And police officers don't have to live up to that. But someone who's making minimum wage does. But I, like, I'm specifically speaking for myself. I make a little bit more than minimum wage with the amount, uh, the amount of time I've been in this industry. And I have literally had to physically restrain hundreds of people. Hundreds. And not once have I harmed a person. Not once has a person died in my care. Now, I'm not saying that in the health industry, people haven't died because they have. A, a young a young man died. Um, I want to say it was the beginning of last year. A young man died in a restraint at a facility that helps uh, children who are in... Um, I don't want to say it was like a criminal home because it wasn't for criminals. It's more like a, a foster care situation where it's more of a, a home. It's got a little bit more structure. It's, it's ran kind of like a school slash prison. Um, and they restrict, they restrained the boy for throwing a milk carton or a juice box or something. And he died because of the restraint. And the way that he died was because someone was holding his head down with their body weight while another person was kneeling on their back. And that the kid died. Uh, the whole group that was involved are under investigation. They've all been blackballed from the industry. Um, they, there are criminal charges on them. And all it took was somebody seeing one video of it happening. There was no debate about it. There was no talking about it. There was no blaming the victim for being, uh, if they wouldn't have thrown a milk carton, they wouldn't have died. Like, no one should die for throwing a milk carton. There was no one at who worked at that place who was then sitting there and saying, Oh, well, if we can't do these things, if you're going to take away our right to do these things, then we're not going to do our jobs anymore. Right. Like some of these cops have been. With the chokehold bands. Right, right. With all the bans for the fucking inappropriate conduct for the police officers now, there are police officers out here saying we're not going to respond to certain calls and we're not going to do our jobs that's fully taxpayer funded because we don't like that you're changing these rules on us. That you're be, you're making our job more restrictive. I, I mean, but how is the the outcry of the community everywhere, of black communities specifically, and um, I want to say communities of color? How is us saying for the last seventy five years that police are brutalizing us now just being heard and still being challenged? Right, with hardcore video proof. It's not new. It's not like this, this just didn't just start happening when Trump got into office. Police have been brutalizing people for for decades, almost a damn century since the beginning of police. Like they've been brutalizing people and we still get this pushback like, oh, if they would have just complied, if they would have just did this. There's so many instances where unarmed people doing mundane things were murdered by police. Right. Children. Children, women. The disabled, which a lot of people don't talk about. The disabled are killed by police at an alarming rate. Do some fucking research if you don't believe us. Mm-hmm. Um, they are killed because police officers are not trained to deal with diversity. Diversity of culture, diversity of color, diversity of mood, diversity of... Uh, intellect. Intellect. They're not, they're not dealing with that. Police officers, especially in Rochester, New York, are known for being fucking bullies. And on top of all that, we have one of the biggest poverty gaps. Yep. We are ch- specifically for kids. Like, we already have a lot of odds stacked against the 
you know, the black community and all of that. So, like, <laughs> to add on top of that, the people who are out here are supposed to be helping you, killing you. The The infrastructure in which Rochester is built is built on racism. It is reinforced by racism. You can drive through these neighborhoods and you can see where racism starts and ends. Uh, police patrol these neighborhoods. We are kind of on the outskirts of several different suburbs at this point. And they ride the, the edge of those areas waiting for black people. Waiting for Asians. Waiting for Latinos. Waiting for anything that isn't Anglo-Saxon. Um, this is just... I, I say my city's on fire because I know for a fact that these kind of things happen way too much uh, to our community and there's too many candle lit vigils on the side of the road where cops have killed people and I know for certain that if this doesn't come out the way that it's supposed to by the law by what we saw by procedures if they justify the murder of this man, the city will go on fire, and I don't, I don't, I don't fucking see a problem with it. Exactly. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Pro- like there's a lot of motherfuckers out here who would just be fucking straight up dumbfounded by the idea that, like, you know, you worried about a fucking shoe store getting fucking burned and looted, right. but there are literally people being fucking murdered by police officers out here, and it's like, I think we can lose a shoe store. Right. We can lose the fucking, we can lose somebody's fucking, uh, you know, uh, plumbing and heating and AC fucking business. Let their insurance take care of that shit. It's always like our lives stacked against like buildings and people's comfort levels with things. And like, oh, we have to do things different now. I'm sorry that you're uncomfortable uh, because a man was murdered by the police and we're no longer going to allow it to happen. And if palaces have to burn... I don't give a shit. Let's check history. No movement ever was completely nonviolent. Ever. Especially no civil rights movement. Every civil rights movement that rose up in the time of civil rights uh, was met with violence and then eventually retorted with violence. And that's how things changed. You can't keep your foot on someone's neck and not expect them to fight back. And if that means that Pittsburgh burns, I don't give a fuck. If that means that Brighton burns, I don't give a fuck. If downtown Rochester burns, if my house is burnt to the ground, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I mean, I would sacrifice my material things to make sure that there are laws put in place to hold police accountable from now on. And with that, let's let's talk about who's been safeguarding a bullshit in Rochester ever since the fucking beginning. The police union of Rochester is the Blue Clutch Klan. Yeah, I said it. There, I said it. It's, we, uh, we voted for... Um, a police accountability board in Rochester. And what a police accountability board looks like to us was that police were finally going to be held accountable by citizens. There was going to be a board that looked over these kind of things, police brutality and things of that matter, and they were going to weigh in on it, and then they were going to confer with um, the legal department and the mayor's office and the police chiefs themselves and have real conversations about what 
what um, accountability looks like. Because so far, police officers are able to brutalize people and be on leave with pay. Uh, they are able to harm others, rape others in some cases. The Greece police, I want to say not even 10 years ago, was under investigation for like a large like fucking like trafficking ring pretty much of police officers like uh, making sexual advances on people to get them out of crimes that they made up. Um, uh, shout out to Officer Pignato for being a piece of shit that was raping women in Greece for like 20 years. Um, Officer Pignato was given some time, but it wasn't like relative to what he did. Um, also, he was able to receive his pension still. You're still able to go on. He went on suspension and received receiving a pension before a trial was even set up. Um, these cops that killed Mr. Prude were on the clock until three days ago. And that includes outside of the press conference that our mayor hid herself to have the first day when right. this all came out. Yeah, talk about that. Like, she literally, like, the family came out, and they talked about um, what happened. They talked about the video. There was supposed to be a press conference with Mayor Lovely Warren. Uh, she set it up, and then it was moved at the last minute to a different place, and it was a limited amount of people were allowed in it. So she pretty much did exactly what you said. She fucking hid. While letting the perpetrators police her line. Right. Uh, I, I, it was rumored that one of the police officers involved was at the first protest, uh, smirking and kind of like laughing at people while it was happening. Mm -hmm. And the outcry from the citizens were that these people needed to be fired. They were suspended with pay. Um, the union is backing that. The union is also stating that we didn't see everything that needed to be seen in the video. Uh, this union rep whose name is escaping me now, um, I because I affectionately call him a, a, a fuck stick. Um, he stated that everything and verbatim, I'm saying this verbatim, everything that the cops did in that video was their training. They were only adhering to their training. If police officers are being trained to restrain people in under mental duress with physical restraints around the head and neck, with knees in their back after watching George Floyd die from a knee on his neck. Like, fuck out of here. Mazio. Oh, uh, what's his name? Maz Mazio? That's his last name. Um, and this is the segment of, um, this is the segment I like to affectionately call See Me With Them Hands. Um, Mr. Mazio, I'm not making a threat, but I'm just saying if you and me were both to be like walking up the street, I would definitely give you hands, bro. All that shit you were saying yesterday was pole, it was a lot of finger pointing. What's happening now with Mayor Lovely Warren and the chief of police and Mr. Mazios, now they're all doing the finger point thing. They're all blaming each other for why we didn't know about this earlier, why we didn't, uh, why they didn't tell us this, how they didn't know until this day. And, but, oh, I didn't watch the video, but I'm sure that the training, because Mr. Mazio said he didn't watch the video. Right. But he also said that the police acted by their training. And or that the video was edited. And that the video was edited. But he also said at the beginning of the conference that he didn't watch the whole video. So, a lot, of, a lot of complete information. The Blue Cuss Clan is, is hard at work in Rochester. It's been at work in Rochester. Um, speaking from personal experience, I have never been uh, arrested. And I'm knocking on wood so you're going to hear it on the mic. Never been arrested. But what I have been is uh, beaten up by cops, uh, sexually assaulted by police officers. Um, I have been um, intimidated by cops uh, to have them try to get me to admit to crimes that I was nowhere near. Um, 
being trans, I was accused of uh, tricking the people who assaulted, sexually assaulted me, and I was berated by police officers. Police officers are not trained to handle diversity. They are trained to meet black and brown faces with immediate suspicion, immediate dehumanization. And Mr. Mazio, you backed that up when you got up on that stage yesterday and you spewed your bullshit. So when you see me in the streets, prepare for this package power bomb, power bomb, a power driver, because I feel like putting you on the fucking ground and you can't see me with them hands. Now, let's talk about the police force at protest. The Ku Klux Klan was passing out flyers in Rochester two years ago. At the corner of East Main and Culver. They were doing it without a permit. They were carrying signs. They were wearing white sheets. No pepper balls. No riot gear. No riot gear, no pepper balls, no no uh, uh, Geneva Convention breaking gases. None of that shit. So now, uh, and Rochester big up. Rochester's out in numbers. People are really not having the bullshit. There is a large minority, I mean, a majority of people right now who are not having the bullshit. And at these protests, they're asking questions. They're talking. They're loud. They're emotional. You're allowed to be emotional about this. They're not committing violence. They're not burning things down yet. I state yet because I don't give a fuck about when they do. When they do start burning things, it'll be justified. Um... They're met, like... With aggression. Immediately. Immediate aggression. Immediately. With a bunch of motherfuckers standing around basically fucking, you know, chanting. Basically fucking, you know, uh, kumbayaing, for lack of a better term, is met with dudes in fucking riot masks with fucking batons and pepper balls and fucking rubber bullets mm-hmm. pushing fucking gates on people and trying to force them back for whatever fucking reason because you gotta be Johnny fucking tough cop. Yeah, the protest started at the safety building, the public safety building, which is a no, public building. No, no, the public safety building. Right. The, the public safety building, which is supposed to be open. Uh, people wanted to go down there and ask questions. Uh, they were not allowed entry to the public safety building. None of its entrances or exits. They were all blocked with fences and uh, all the protesters were met at each door by police officers, most of them wearing Blue Lives Matter masks. And tape on their name badge. Taped over their name badges, which is illegal. Um, Mayor Cuomo got wind of this. This is becoming a national thing. Mayor Cuomo got wind of this. There's a lot of national reporters reporting on this. Oh, we on the map, and it's not for something good. <laughs> Shout out to Rochester for being a dog shit place. There's lots of, 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 how can I, um, let me quote this motherfucker, good people. Um, but they're not good people on both sides. It's not. You got protesters out here wondering why the protector is killing us. And then we have racist people who are willing to commit violence on those people to keep the status quo. Yeah, I called you motherfuckers racist. If you have a Blue Lives Matter flag in your yard or a sticker on your car, if you've uttered all lives matter in the presence of black people, just say you're a fucking racist. Because all lives don't matter. We know this. All lives haven't mattered. When? Tell me a time in history where all lives have mattered. 
where Sir, white men specifically right now. haven't had multiple like limbs on some other culture's neck, be it gender, be it uh, uh, religion, be it culture. Like, tell me a time in history where we weren't literally like fucking terrorizing a culture of people at a time. When was it? Was it the forties when we were like putting Japanese people in internment camps? Was it uh, any time after 1865 until now? <laughs> was it during uh, the suffrage movement where suffragettes were fucking racist? Mm-hmm. Uh, what about Reconstruction, the Reconstruction area, where where white women decided that they were going to build monuments to rewrite history? And now we have the Daughters of Confederacy to, running around to, here. To rewrite history. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you see that shit? Yeah. <laughs> or bring it even closer to home with COVID. You got people out here assaulting Chinese people, or not even Chinese, Oriental people, because God forbid they know anybody Ooh, problematic apart from light. each other. Problematic like. Or, oriental, oriental is a slur. Yeah. My bad, my bad. What am I supposed to say? Asian. Yes. My bad. People of Asiatic descent. Uh, East High School used to be called Home of the Orientals. The East High School football team used to be called the Orientals, and their uh, what is it? Their mascot on paper, on paper was a fucking was an eagle. Or was an eagle, but when you went to the games, it was an Asian man. What? It was a fucking lemonhead character. Until they were smart enough to just write the word Orientals on the side of a fucking helmet. Right. Because that's better. And then people had to be like, yo, Oriental is a slur for like 25 years. No, the best part about that whole <laughs> thing was because a lot of that, a lot <laughs> of that, that one came up a bunch over the years. It was never just like a constant thing. But when it came up, everyone's argument against that whole thing was the idea that the person who was arguing, hey, this is terrible, stop saying it, was usually someone on, like, the school board, right. which was mostly white. So it was a white person saying, hey, East Orientals, that might be a little problematic. Maybe we should change that. Maybe we should do something about it. And instead of going, you know what, this person is correct. We should probably do something about this. They turned around and said things like, why does a white person give a fuck about that shit? Like, right. Who fucking cares? East Orientals is wild problematic. Stop saying that wild shit. Wild problematic. Like, out of pocket problematic. Ridiculous. But, like, yeah, like... Ah, it was the 90s. Yeah, we strayed, we, we strayed a little bit <laughs> off the topic. But, but we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back. Like, just is tell me racism? a time... Like, tell me a time where racism didn't affect the generation of people in this country in the last 244 years. I'll wait. Pull up my cricket noise. So, um, ma'am, eating a salad on East Avenue while the revolution is happening all around her, um, you should have ordered that salad with a bag of dick. Right. You should have grub hub that shit, bitch. Keep your ass home. Yeah, keep you your silly ass home. Fucking the middle of a fucking protest, having your fucking dinner on East Avenue at nine o'clock at night on a Friday. Because Fuck we're gonna off. turn Go instances home. where people have to interact with your casual racist ass into <laughs> violence by the BLM. Let's talk about why now every black person who commits a crime is now going to be part of BLM. Quote, unquote, BLM supporter. Or Antifa, which they just literally cannot let go. Like, (laughs) all of a sudden. You don't even have to show up to be Antifa. This this segment is called Up and Close. Check this out. 
America's always been Antifa. <laughs> Suck my dick. Like, what the fuck? Like, America's what? always been Antifa. So let's see here. You know why? Um, because we didn't allow uh, Hitler way, to murder way everyone. Back, way back in the 1700s, they didn't want the king of a country we weren't physically attached to to be imposing taxes on us anymore. So we said, fuck it. You're an asshole. This is ours now. That's kind of how the whole thing got started. Oh, oh, and we did it with violence. Pure, unadulterated violence. They didn't walk up to these red coats and go, pardon me, sir. Started started with fucking, let's destroy some property to show these guys we're not fucking around. Right. And then when it came down to it, let's pump some little lead fucking balls into these idiots because fuck these guys. Then, they'll say that the first person who died during the revolution on American soil was Crispus Uttix. But I'll tell you this, for certain, lots of redcoats died before that happened. Lots of them. So for all you motherfuckers who want to rewrite history, rewrite history. Um, when you're talking about protests, protests are not set up to make you comfortable. The whole point of a protest is to disrupt the status quo. And if a protest is met with violence, then protesters will become violent. Right. If you throw fuel on a fire, it gets bigger. Let's talk about emotions. Emotions are high. People are wondering why the system is failing them. So they're showing up in droves together, finding out that they all have a common thought. And then the people who want to keep the status quo show up in um, night's gear, all dressed up for the fucking... You know what I'm saying? The final fight. So you showed up to a bunch of people waving flags with signs. You showed up with guns and sound dampener units. Yeah, I mean, like... Rochester, by the way, um, uh, has the worst uh, school district, and it's firing the most teachers. But we had enough money to buy a sound cannon. Uh, and, and supply this said police force with a... 90 plus million dollar budget this year. What? Fucking school district doesn't have enough money to fucking maintain the teachers in the schools we currently have. But the police department had all the wherewithal to need three new buildings and a 90 plus million dollar fucking budget. Million dollars. Million fucking dollars. We don't look. We got guns and shit. We got a, a police. Uh, we got a police force here in Rochester that is comparable to a military. They have SWAT units that they don't need. They have all brand the new cars. Sub, some of the suburbs of Rochester have those little fucking mini person hauler fucking tank things. That's ridiculous. You're you live in a suburb that has less than fucking two hundred thousand fucking people in it, and for some odd reason you need fucking. Armored people mover fucking tanks and shit that you're hiding at the fucking that when it when when this shit goes down you're hiding behind a sign at the mall like a fucking idiot. Right. You can't see your tank. Right. Your fucking whole tank parked in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like we can't we're not supposed to see that. Um but we don't have school books. Don't have enough money to keep all the teachers. 
We're in a pandemic and most kids are going to have to learn from home. And we have citizens who can't afford computers. Got that cop money, though. And you're about to build a fucking shrine to police officers in the hood. You're about right. to build a fucking multi-million dollar structure for more police officers in the hood. Yep. And motherfuckers are mad because now one of the requirements will be that you have to live in Rochester. Yeah, yeah God forbid you live in the city you're fucking entrusted to be policing. Because let's get it right. The suburbs thrive because most police officers, one of the reasons is because most police officers live in the suburbs. So our tax money is then delivered to different counties to take care of their citizens so that their citizens can then come and brutalize us. Well, and their tax money is given to their schools and not their police force. They have small forces and they rely on city cops. Um, another, uh, up close and personal moment. Fuck you. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Make it make sense. Suck my dick. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> so you you grew up and you live and you went to school and 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 and, and you you are of the Webster ilk. fucking ilk. And for some odd reason, you're a Rochester Police Department cop. Mm, that doesn't seem right. That doesn't. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like I, I, I've, I've had this argument with my dad, being that he is an old person and has his old person views. Uh, that like I don't understand what happened to, you know, what happened to beat cops. What happened to like these same six cops work these fucking neighborhoods. So that people get to know those cops. So that you know the guy who's going to show up to your house when you do... When you call that mental health check-in, <coughs> wouldn't it make more sense that the person that shows up is the guy you ran into at fucking the McDonald's that's down the street from your house? Right, the person who knows your name. fucking three times a month, every month for the last five goddamn years? Right, so he understands you. That guy knows you, and that guy knows your family, and that guy knows your fucking aunts and uncles and cousins and friends and all this other fucking people, because you all live in generally the same fucking neighborhoods. So you can sit here and be like, oh, hey, man, my brother's fucking freaking out again. You know, can you guys come here and just kind of, you know, calm him down and, you know, do whatever it is you got to do? We need a fucking help, uh, uh, you know, a wellness check. No, some dickhole who lives in fucking Greece who just got on his fucking shift for the overnight comes in and sees some dude butt naked in the fucking street and doesn't care and has no fucking relation to the fucking neighborhood, has no relation to the people. Like, how the fuck is anybody supposed to trust the asshole who's going to show up in that cop car? The pol- yeah, the police here are trained to see us as the enemy. Mm-hmm. You can't see your fellow neighbors... As the constant enemy, if you are their neighbor, right. police come in here from Webster and Onondaga and Canandaigua and Al- Avon and Leroy. Ask a police officer who's been on the force for longer than ten years where they live, and they will not say Rochester. Right. And the and the training that they go through, it's an us versus them situation. They're being trained like they're dealing with SWAT situations all the time. And let's be real about Rochester. Um, um rather than the drugs. Rochester's pretty quiet when it comes to crime. But we can also blame the drugs on the government. Mm-hmm. And last time I checked, niggas on Conky don't have planes. Right. Nope. Yeah, I said niggas. I said it. I can't. I'm allowed. 
niggas on Conky don't have planes. We also don't have um, Coco Farm Connects, do we? Do we have Coco? You know anybody with a Coco Farm Connect? No, not as far as I know. Do you know where I can get that H? Not this H. Like, do you know where I can get weight H? Like, super weight H. No, no, because I am not a fucking criminal mastermind. Or another segment of Up Close and Personal. I'm a whole nigga. And I've never seen a plane of heroin. Heroin has to come from somewhere else. And it has to be distributed to the community. And most of the time, that is happening at the hands of W-I-P-I-P-O. White people. I'm looking at the fucking thing while I'm doing that and it's jumping up and down. And I'm going to have to clean that up. But I hope that you got the message from me being so close to the mic that I was actually giving it fellatio. We we don't own planes. We don't own the trade. We don't we we don't have ends with traffic. How many motherfucking random street assholes do you know that are that can even tell you where the motherfucking freight ships or where where the freight that's coming in on the trains from the docks that are who knows how fucking far away from here even get fucking dumped off? Before a a bag of stepped on coke becomes crack. It has to come here on a plane. Mm-hmm. Or in a shipping container. In a shipping container. And y'all ain't letting niggas do shit. So I know for a fact that ain't no black people doing that shit. The last one who tried it was Frank Lucas. Yeah. And look what happened. Look what happened to him. There's a dope movie with Denzel in it, but that's about it. <laughs> like. We, um. We got to be real about this bullshit. The system is set up to for a small group of people to stand on the backs of others and to reap the benefits and to keep those benefits from all. That's what it's set up to be. And the police are the weapon. Also known as capitalism. Mm. Say it with me again. Capitalism. For your bitch ass. <laughs> like, cap- capitalism out here winning in 2020. Capitalism is the only thing that's still going in 2020. And you know what? We've been talking about this for about an hour. And Capitalism like is the thing that almost got a whole bunch of fucking old people sent out into the world during one of the fucking worst medical fucking situations any one of us has had to deal with in the last fucking 50 years. Right. Like, motherfuckers were already ready to send grandma and grandpa out there to fucking die. Die. Straight up die. Fuck you, grandma. Go get fucking COVID and die so that the Dow doesn't drop another thousand points. The fight against racism is because of that kind of shit. It's because we are trying to hold on to this system that only benefits like a small group of people. And that people are fighting tooth and nail so that nothing changes yeah. for them. What, what still amazes me is the amount of people who are ready and willing to fight tooth and nail, fucking arm and gun, to save this scenario because they might get to be in that 10%, 1%, 25%, 50, fuck 50%. What the f- what's what's the number at the fifty percent fucking cutoff? You're a person who makes roughly eight hundred thousand dollars a year. I'm never gonna be anywhere near that shit in my goddamn life. I know this. I don't give a fuck what that dude who's making eight hundred thousand dollars a year gets and doesn't fucking get. Fuck that guy. That guy 
what that guy thinks about what's going on in the economy has absolutely nothing to fucking do with me. I don't get to live in that fucking world. I'm right. sorry, buddy. This whole old, this whole fucking old world bullshit. Like, oh well, you know, just fucking pick yourself up by your bootstraps and get the fuck out from of here. From the from the community who literally created welfare. Right. Let me tell you something else. Uh, and this, uh, we're, we're rolling up on that hour, the the time limit, and um, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it out loud. For you motherfuckers out there that's preaching that the war is coming, you don't want that. Oh, oh man. Yo, go take that shit to fucking Chicago. Please. Right. Please, take your ass to Chicago, and you tell me what the fuck happens after that. Cause I'll, you, bet you, I'll bet you that war ends real fucking All fast. you militia dudes out here, you tiny dick, like, scary motherfuckers, you built this whole militia around fear. And I'm going to call it what it is. It's fear. The fear that if people are seen as equals in this country, that you will somehow lose your standing. That is the way of the dinosaur. It is time for white supremacy to be extinct. And if we're over here trying to ask for diplomatic ways to end it and you want to start a war, cool. So, so fucking worried about becoming a minority, but then don't understand why anyone who's considered a minority is pissed off. Just doesn't get it. Right. But then when you're like, okay, well, what's the problem with being a minority? They get all fucking, because you know what the fucking problem with this was being a goddamn minority. You get all these fucking labels slapped on you. You get to be all this shit that may or may not have a goddamn thing to do with who the fuck you actually are and what the fuck it is you're actually trying to do. But all of a sudden you just get all this shit put on you because you are who you are, because you were born a certain kind of fucking way. But right. you don't you don't want to get put in that fucking category. I'm not going to be a minority in my own goddamn country. It's like, why? What's wrong with that? I have to be a What's minority in my country. Right. What's the problem with that? I have to be a minority. It's several different kinds of minorities in my own country. But here's the rub. Here's the rub. Um, we're going to talk about this more in the next episode. But this has been Tranos and the Lived Experience. I'm Cameron Ellen Jarrell, also known as Tranos, and this is the show that'll kick your door in, push your spouse down, put a shotgun in your mouth, and scream, fuck 12. Fuck the police.